they need to control the collapse. And so the best way to control this collapse is to, you know, the classic Hegelian dialectic problem reaction solution, where the quote unquote solution is going to be the slave grid CBDC. So you collapse things over here, get people to beg for quote unquote help, and the help is going to be the central bank digital currency. This is Dan Dix here reporting for Press for Truth. And as I'm sure you've probably heard by now, Silicon Valley's banking operations were shut down by state regulators back on Friday. And there were some smaller banks to uh, follow, like Signature. Now, there are a number of uh, market commentators now who are saying this isn't going to lead to some sort of Lehman-style crisis or anything that might you know, be anything close to what we see in 2008. Uh, but on the other hand, there are some other analysts who are saying that this could lead to uh, banking contagion across the entire banking industry, that that possibility is still quite high. Well, joining me on the line right now to discuss this and so much more is my friend Tim Pichot, the Liberty Advisor. The LibertyAdvisor.com is the website. Tim, thanks so much for joining us here on Press for Truth to break all this down for us today. Now, I want to get into the big picture here, the future of where all this is heading, because it seems to me a lot of this is by by design in an effort to, you know, shut down some of the smaller banks to consolidate them into the big six in an effort to eventually bring about a global CBDC. But before we get into that, um, as I understand it, you actually had an opportunity back when Janet Yellen, uh, Janet Yellen was the uh, chair of the Federal Reserve to get in a question through a member of Congress. And uh, why don't you start us off with that? What did you ask her and what was her answer that is so telling uh, when it comes to what's going on today? Thanks for having me on, Dan. So on June 22nd, 2016, right around the time Brexit was going on, Congressman David Schweiker uh, posted on Facebook. Now I got kicked off Facebook a few months after that, after Trump won. But uh, he asked, you know, hey, I'm going to be, I have a joint session of Congress today with Janet Yellen, anyone have a question? And I knew that since he was an economist and, and posing as a Ron Paul guy, that he was one of the few people that could understand my questions. So the Federal Reserve has something called dot plots, where they estimate where interest rates are going to be you know, both this year, next year, the following year, and what they call the longer term, which would be four years from now, which is actually now three years ago. And so she was saying that, or they were saying that by 2020, the interest rates would be close to 4%. And so my question was, if rates are 4%, then you would have hundreds of billions of dollars of losses on your bond portfolio. And back then, their amount of assets that Fed had were a lot less than they have today. Because essentially what happens is the there's something called interest rate risk. And so when interest rates go up, the underlying values of bonds go down. So if you used to be able to get 1% for a bond, and now you can get 5% for a bond, who's going to want to buy your 1% bond if now you can go out and get 5 So there is a mechanism to discount that. And without getting super nerdy or technical, so if you have a 10-year duration bond, for every 1% rates go up, the underlying value goes down by 10. If you have a 20-year bond, every 1% it goes up, underlying goes down by 20, roughly. Uh, and so we're in the situation now where, actually, let me go back to the question. So essentially, I'm like, if you guys are saying the interest rates will be 4% and you're sitting on trillions of dollars of bonds, there's going to be massive amounts of losses. Now, what typically what happens is the Fed gives 94% of their profit to the treasury, which is another way of saying they steal 6% off the top off interest of money they never had to begin with, complete scam. And so my question was, instead of having hundreds, like $100 billion worth of profit to give to the treasury, now you're going to have losses. So are you going to issue the treasury a bill when you have those losses? And she actually said that that was impossible 
And there's there's only actually and then she clarified there's only one way that that could happen. And the only way that that would happen is, is if the economy is running so hot that they had to raise interest rates so fast and to slow things down. And wouldn't that be a great problem to have? Well, all their numbers are rigged. I also wrote a little ebook back then called How It's Rigged and how they rigged the inflation number, uh, the unemployment data and the GDP. It's all sort of tied in together. But the exact situation that's going on right now and what makes this different than Lehman is you know with Lehman there was they were lending out money with subprime to people that could just fog a mirror who had no business of buying a house. Uh, today, like uh, Silicon Valley Bank, for instance, they were buying treasuries back when uh, you know March of 2020, three years ago, the ten-year treasury was like 0.3. Today it's over four percent, and so you know there could be you know 40 percent losses on what is deemed in air quotes the safest, most secure assets in the world. And so now when you're, but the thing is, this is not unique to Silicon Valley Bank. Like, yeah, they were doing some woke investing and doing some, you know, more risky tech stuff. But the big problem is a lot of these banks only have a very small percentage in reserves. Actually, three years ago, the Federal Reserve Chair, uh, well, it's still the same one, Jerome Powell, uh, reduced the reserve request reserve requirement down to zero, and. Uh, and so this is not really unique to any one bank. This is something that is systemic for all the banks. And so I had actually theorized with our mutual friend, Josh Sigerson, what they were going to do. And right before we're about to get that video up, they actually launched their statement. So what the Fed, the Treasury and the FDIC is doing to shore things up temporarily is those bonds that let's say are trading, let's say the, the bank has a million dollar bond. Now it might be trading for 700,000. They're able to trade in their $700,000 bond on a one-year loan and get a million back. So it's complete crap. And so that is, I'm not sure it's going to sit in some sort of special purpose vehicle, but you and I can't do that. But the bigger issue is, so maybe they shore up the banking system, but then they create other problems. So what about all the pension funds? The pensions yeah. are sitting on typically about 40, 50% of pensions are in these, you know, quote unquote, safe and secure bonds. They've all gotten absolutely decimated because of this interest rate risk. That was a complete policy error by the Federal Reserve that, I mean, to, the fact that they would raise rates 500, almost 500 basis points in a year, is just completely reckless. They should have been raising rates. First off, there shouldn't even be a Federal Reserve, uh, you right. know, for one. Uh, and second off, if there is going to be one, it this is the dumbest thing they could have possibly done because they shot themselves in the foot. And so there's only really three things they can save. And the first time I ever was at Anarchapoco, Ian uh, Freeman asked me, what am I doing there? I'm, like, I'm going to document the ongoing collapse. And he goes, what does that mean? I go, well, there's really only three things the Federal Reserve can save. It's either the stock market, the bond market, or the dollar. And at the time they were saving the stock market and the bond market. But then when inflation gets out of control, like it obviously has been, and these are rigged numbers. It's, you know, whatever that was nine, now it's six. Uh, I mean, when it was nine, it was really probably 25%. They rigged those numbers. That's a whole nother subject on how they do that. And so essentially when they tried to raise interest rates, what they were doing is they were trying to help out with uh, help out with in, in the inflation problem. But then what they did was they completely destroyed the bond market. And the only way they can keep these plates spinning and the only way they can keep this whole Ponzi scheme going is to be able to issue more debt. Because at the heart of the entire problem is that we have a debt-based monetary system that was set up in December 23rd, 1913 on Jekyll Island, where we have to borrow our money into existence. And so essentially they never got rid of slavery. They just made it more high tech and Obviously, the best slave is one that doesn't know that they are slaves. And so they get to siphon all this money 
out of the economy and, and where the real screw job is, and it's systemic from day one, is that if we're the only two people in the world, do me, Dan, and, and I'm the, the banker and I say, hey, you want to go borrow a hundred bucks to go buy, uh, I mean, nowadays hundred bucks doesn't buy anything, but for easy math, you know, to buy a camera, uh, one year loan, 3% interest. Well, at the end of year one, you owe me $103. Well, how do you right. owe me a hundred? How do you pay me 103 if the only money in the world is that $100? You have to borrow more money. And so this is a high-tech screw job they knew was going to collapse, which is why you can go on page 73 to 74, I believe, I don't have it in front of me, of The Great Reset by Klaus Schwab, where they it talks about the fate of the US dollar. And ultimately, it doesn't matter what puppet they put in for president, there's going to be a BRICS world reserve currency to rival yeah. the dollar uh there's going to be central bank digital <laughs> currencies one of the main things i've been harping on for i mean we used well, to call well, it yeah Bitcoin. yeah we'll get into that but let's yep. let's back it up a little bit so if if silicon valley bank was forced to sell their treasury bonds at a loss but then you know the the feds can just step in and and bail out uh depositors it, it doesn't seem like this is something that would happen with regular banks because svb is not your normal bank right so is it possible that uh, a similar, um, you know, th this kind of a fear could could cause a ripple effect and travel out to these lower banks who would get caught up and wouldn't be bailed out and would be forced to shut down. I mean, where do you see this going? Not with the too big to fail banks, but with a lot of the smaller regional banks who seemed seem to be on the chopping block right now. What, do you, what are your thoughts? Well, it's very complicated to understand the, what the stuff I was breaking down earlier in terms of, because right now there's about 600 estimated $600 billion worth of losses, unrealized losses from banks' uh, treasury position portfolios. And so the Federal Reserve is in essence bailing out everybody by allowing essentially any bank, not just Silvergate Bank and the other two that signature, and uh, I'm just blanking on the other one right now, but essentially what they're allowing them to do is turn in their bonds that are worth a lot less and then get full par value for those bonds as a short-term loan. And so a lot of people aren't going to understand this mechanism. And so what you've seen the past two days is a massive outflow from these smaller mid-sized regional banks to the, you know, the bad guys in essence, like the JP Morgans who helped set up the Federal Reserve. And so ultimately, you know, the the biggest banks are using this as a complete consolidation power grab. Uh, because as you know, I mean, the big banks run everything. The big banks are the ones who own the Federal Reserve. So, you know, it's a fox guarding the hen house, essentially. But this is going to have a massive ripple effect for smaller banks. And now you're just going to see, you know, more wealth and concentrated power in the, the already too big to fail mega banks. And they always knew this day was going to come. So, I mean, the Federal Reserve can't say, oh, our bad. I mean, this system was systemically designed to set up to fail because whoever is the world reserve currency, you have to flood the system with uh, credit and supply. And so eventually that amount of credit and debt is going to lead to a currency's downfall. And there was an economist back in the 40s, Robert Triffin, and it's called Triffin's Dilemma, where this has been widely known for, you know, what, 80 years and the thing is they they need to control the collapse and so the best way to control this collapse is to you know the classic hegelian dialectic problem reaction solution where the quote unquote solution is going to be the slave grid cbdc so you collapse things over here get people to beg for quote unquote help and the help is going to be the central bank digital currency and it's just you know completely maddening because anyone that's been paying attention to this for years sees the groundwork just being laid time and time again and, you know, and everything that's going on right now, I'm just amazed at every single day how many people have no idea what a CBDC is. I spoke in Vegas uh, in October, actually 
one of with, with uh, one of Anthony Scaramucci's guys at a, at a conference uh, from Skybridge Capital, who are investors actually in FTX when they were trying to get me to invest in it, like right before it collapsed. But anyways, uh, I had asked a room full of financial advisors at an alternative investment conference who were at a crypto panel. So this is not like your normal run of the mill advisors. These are people at an alternative investment conference at a crypto panel. And I asked how many of you are aware of a central bank digital currency or CBDC and maybe 10% of that room raise their hands. And so that means their clients aren't asking about it. It means they're not, they don't even know about it. And now this was October. And luckily now there's been more of like a conscious shift and people realizing what's going on. But this is the most important issue there is because if they were able to get and weasel in their central bank digital currency, it is absolutely over. Uh, so yeah, I hope that helped answer your question on that one. Well, right now, uh, with, with with the coming, the you know CBDCs being uh, installed, brought up, and and uh, worked on all over the world, it's interesting that at the same time as this banking collapse and and fear contagion is potentially spreading, Bitcoin is doing fabulously well. Uh, gold is up right now. It, it seems that people are, some people at least, are are starting to figure out how to move into more decentralized. Um, uh, assets in order to protect their wealth moving forward. So what what have you seen in terms of some of the people who have seen what's coming and have managed to protect themselves? Well, thank, well first I have to say this is not investment advice for informational purposes only and past performance, no occasion of future returns in case the SEC is watching this. But the past two days have been two of the best days I've had from an investment perspective. Uh, I mean, I actually was in a lot of short-term treasuries that were paying 5% to be in for three months, uh, but I also had some Bitcoin, but I've also let people know that this is not you know, some panacea and that obviously Bitcoin is incredibly volatile and could go down 80% at any point. But eventually, you know, this is still just like the opening salvo. We, we are not at the great reset. And so event, I, I'm not really clamoring for the day. Bitcoin, in my opinion, I think at some day will be a million dollars. But when that happens, there's also going to be bread that costs $100. There's going to be people riding in the streets. It's not going to be, it's going to make 2020 look like a complete picnic when the whole system, monetary system ends up collapsing. And so, you know, I think that there's obviously important hedges to have, like having physical gold and silver on you, having, you know, Bitcoin that's actually in your own hardware wallet, having, uh, you know, lead and ways to protect yourself, having a community of people around you, having Maslow's basic hierarchy of needs of food, water, shelter, energy, communications, and doing as much as you can to not be reliant because the people who are watching this right now and you and me, we are the exact people that they are targeting to eventually shut off or try to eliminate. And so what I'm doing right now is I have 23 baby chickens in my uh, dining room right now and just built a chicken coop, building a greenhouse right now. And you know what? If none of this stuff happens, then great. Now I get to grow food that's not getting poisoned with all the barium, aluminum, strontium that they're spraying in the skies every day. Uh, you know, we're not eating chickens that Bill Gates wants to give uh, vac mRNA vaccines to chickens now. They're talking about putting mRNA vaccines into lettuce. You know, there's all sorts of like little microplastics that they don't even need to disclose that could be, uh, you know, both in the soil and in the food that we eat. And so ultimately you are what you eat. And so if you're consuming crap and poison, you, you know, consume crap, you're going to feel like crap. And so worst case scenario is we all get a little bit healthier, but I am uh, convinced that eventually this is going to lead to a massive food crisis. I think it was Kissinger had a quote about, you know, controlling the nation's food, you can control a nation. So they're controlling us by the food, controlling us by the energy, controlling us by the money. Ultimately, the most important one is the money. But this is not just from an investment perspective, because if you only have $10,000, you shouldn't be out investing anyways. You should be out getting food preps. And I'm sure you probably have different links people can go to. You should be out getting that type of stuff and not, you know, 
investing into Bitcoin because you know, you're not going to be able to eat your Bitcoin. But you know, if you have some excess funds, in my opinion, you know, after you do your own research, I think especially when the CBDC, this is a play for once the CBDC is already here. And by then, you know, something that's more of a flyer, but probably like a Monero or a privacy coin that isn't track trace or veiled is going to be incredibly valuable because it's not on anyone's radar right now. I mean, the CBDC is, I mean, we're kind of in this like echo chamber where, yeah, we talk about this quite a bit, but the average person out there, you know, can barely spell CBDC, let alone know that it's coming, that this is like right around the corner. Uh, I gave a presentation last year at FloatFest where it was just like all the proof of about, you know, 40 minutes of boom, 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 boom. I mean, March of 2020, there was multiple congressional and Senate hearings on different bills they were passing relating to the CBDC and how CBDCs will help diversity and all sorts of other crap. They don't, you think they care about diversity? If they can, they care about controlling what you and me do. It's just like the movie A Bug's Life. You know, it's not about the food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's exactly what they're trying to do with us. We're the ants. They're trying to keep us in line and they don't want us to be able to have our own independence. They want us, you know, sucking off the teeth of big daddy government to be able to come in to provide for everything. But, you know, the government that has the power to give you everything also has the power to take it away. And so, you know, the time to be prepared is, you know, a couple of years ago. I mean, we're now very late in the game, hoping this stuff doesn't help happen, hoping, you know, the word, the important work that you're doing gets out, the important work that a lot of people in our alternative media are getting out and we can stop this. But you also have to prepare in case we're not able to hold this back as well. Yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's a, a good side to everything. And just like in the movie that you mentioned, you know, those ants eventually realize that if this system of power is set up in a pyramidal structure, what does that mean? That means we're the ones who truly have all the power because we make up the base of this thing. The entire thing is propped up by uh, uneducated depositors. So it, it is a like a fragile house of cards that could come crumbling down at any time. And that should be exciting for people really, especially if they're positioning themselves properly moving forward. Um, so Tim, you know, thanks so much for taking the time to break all this down for us. Where Where's the best place for people to go online if they wanna learn more from you about how to protect their assets moving forward or to learn more about CBDCs or uh, banking failures that are not only, you know, quest it's it's imminent it's, it's coming so where should people go to learn more from you well thanks Sam. Well, i'm not actually on any social media anymore but people can find me at the liberty show.com i also do you know quite a few videos uh, with josh sigerson over at world alternative media but the liberty advisor show and then there's also then links to uh the management company as well that i do stuff through innovative advisory group so for us uh you know citizens who have questions on their portfolio. I do have a link for free portfolio reviews over there to see what's going on. And it's especially for important for people that are close to retirement because a lot of retirees, you know, they've gotten bamboozled into all these, you know, safe and secure uh, bond investments, but that is going to be basically going broke safely when, you know, when we eventually get to a massive inflation or hyperinflation. I mean, this is still just, you know, very early days. And that's why you're seeing a lot of these, you know, quote unquote risk assets like Bitcoin and gold, uh, you know, explode higher. Uh, and not to say that that's, you know, we're in the, you know, not to say it still can't go down, but eventually there's going to be that CBDC. Eventually there's going to be that day of reckoning. And so I, you know, there's different places, you know, chips to move around the board. And the time to do that is before everything crashes and not to say, oh, wish I could have, would have, should have. So the libertyadvisorshow.com to find out all the different information I'm pumping out. And I do want to point out, I went eight months not putting out a single content because I went through and wanted to make sure I had the chicken coop ready, had the land ready, had everything else ready, because ultimately we can complain about what should be done. But if we're not doing it ourselves and being the example for other people, then what good are we doing? So I wanted to be that other example and I appreciate you helping me get the word out so that we can help uh, you know turn this thing around and save as many people as possible, Dan. So thank you.
Well, well said, Tim. I mean, uh, you know, advancing your food security for yourself and your family moving forward probably is the most important thing. Like you said, you can't eat your gold, you can't eat your Bitcoin. So uh, thank you, you know, for for bringing that up as well. Um, and for taking the time to break all this down for us. I really want to encourage everybody to check out the links in the description. Um, I've been following Tim's work for a number of years, and uh, rightly so, because he's he's always ahead of the curve. So once again, man, thanks so much for joining us here, and uh, you keep up the great work. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. We all want truth. truth. The truth will set you free. free.